Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to a day of prayers morning Bible study and we're so glad you could join us. But before we get into the word, let us take a moment and pray. Lord, we just thank you for your faithfulness that you showed to us, Lord. And we just thank you that we have the opportunity to come into your presence, Lord, and that we can do it freely, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for the relationship that we can have with you, Lord, and that we don't have to come through someone else, Lord, but that you come to us directly and speak with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Good morning. Welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we continue on in the book of Acts. This morning, we are going to be covering verses 18 through 28. So I'd like to, before we get in, though, into the word and discuss it, I would like to thank you all for joining us. Every, each and every one of the listeners, and, and, us, and our partners especially. I want to thank you for your prayers, for, for your sowing into the ministry, and, and any of the number of ways that you contribute to the work of this ministry. Even something as simple as liking, sharing, and subscribing mm-hmm. to the episodes and mm-hmm. on the number of platforms that you can find A Day of Prayer on. Mm-hmm. Also, I just wanted to say, if you want to be in the loop on what's happening with the Day of Prayer and you'd like to get our um, newsletter, I encourage you to go ahead and Mm -hmm. sign up. We have a monthly newsletter that we send out um, via email. And if you go online to our website and um, click on connect in the menu bar, you can complete that form and click at the bottom, um, subscribe to the newsletter or subscribe, and that'll put you on our list to get it. So that's a good way to find out what the Lord is doing in this Amen. ministry and, you know, just to connect with us. Absolutely. And find out what, what the Lord is doing in and through the ministry. So we'd love to connect with you and just love to share in the work that the Lord has called both you and I to do together. So I want to thank you all for just your obedience to the Lord and your heart to be willing, heart, yes, your heart and your willingness to be obedient to him. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So now, could I get a volunteer to read Acts chapter 18, verses 18 through 28, please? I will. Well, go ahead. Promise. So Paul still remained a good while. Then he took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria, and Priscilla and Aquilia were with him. He had his hair cut off at Caesarea. Wait, set Crai, for he had taken a vow. <laughs> and he came to Ephesus and left them there. But he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay a longer time with them, he did not consent, but took leave of them, saying, I must by all means keep this coming feast in Jerusalem, but I will return to you, I will return again to you, God willing. And he sailed from Ephesus. And when he landed at Caesarea and gone up and greeted the church, he went down to Antioch. After he had spent some time there, he departed and went over to the region of Galatia and Phrygia, in order of strengthening all the disciples. 
Oh, sorry. Now, a certain Jew named Apollos, born in, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began, so he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who believed through grace, for he vigorously refused the Jews publicly, showing from the scripture that Jesus is the Christ. Mm -hmm. Amen. So, at this time, the floor is open for each of you to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you, and to ask any questions that you have. So, who'd like to begin? I will. Um, one thing that the Lord is speaking to me about was that we see here was that Paul wanted to go back to Jerusalem for the feast, and we know that he eventually does end up arriving at Jerusalem, but also with his desire was not a, an opportunity Actually, let me rephrase that. In this desire, he did not slack off on what the Lord had told him to do, meaning that he didn't let his own desire grow to be too great and say, okay, Lord, I got to go do this, and it's either this or you, Lord, and I prefer to choose this. But how he still and went, still went to do what the Lord willed him and wanted him to do. And also another thing that I want to point out was that even with him going to Jerusalem, I know this is a bit ahead in Acts, but it was the will of God. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it was also the will of God to make the stops along the way that he did. Mm -hmm. It's not, the Lord may tell us to do one thing, but that does not relieve us of doing something else. It's similar to how when uh, Jesus told his disciples to everybody who has a sword, go, if you have a garment, sell your, sell your second garment to go buy a sword. But he also told his disciples not to be seeking trouble. So just because Jesus said one thing did not mean that he now turned and said, okay, do away with this. But it was add this to your obedience, add a second layer to it, mm -hmm. and continue to do it. Amen. I like the way you said that, add this to your obedience. Add this. And when we are led by God, he'll take care of every stop along the way. I think something that's hard for most most humans that I've come in contact, most believers, is that when the Lord shows them something, they start trying to barrel straight towards it um, in the way of, I'm going to make it happen now. It's supposed to be today, right now. Um, right now, as you like to say, honey. Um, <laughs> yes. But the Lord, he's telling you where you're going so you have vision, not so you can lead the journey. He's, he's telling you so you can understand and you can cooperate, not so you can take over and do what you think is supposed to be done. Shh, shh, God, I got it. I'll do your will without you. He's not saying that. He's saying, I'm giving you this peace and we're going to walk this journey. And sometimes that journey will um, take courses that you don't expect or have stops that you don't expect. But the bigger thing that we're supposed to be focusing on, the straight line, is that my heart is directly connected. I'm going to do God's will without me deviating from his course, mm -hmm. not trying to keep God from 
deviating or uh, meandering with his, his road. If that makes sense to you being on the road that God puts you on and he is taking side side trips or seemingly side trips or meandering or taking the scenic route. That's fine. That's his business. That's the perfect will of God. But you saying, I'm going to do what I want to do. We recently read an article in the um, Kenneth Copeland's magazine about a young, uh, a young woman who knew who God was, but decided, I don't want to live your way, Lord. I want to live my life the way I want to live it. I don't want to do your will. And so she proceeded in that course. And that was a dangerous road for her. But that's different than God saying, here's my will. And I want to take the scenic route, right? Far, far different um, life and far different outcome, even though sometimes we can, the language can seem similar on the surface. Two totally different things. Your heart and your business is to be straightway. Don't deviate to the left or the right of what God is telling you to do. And you let God pick the course. Amen. Uh, on all aspects, right? Well, Charles, I love how you brought up that, um, yes, there was a plan and a purpose in him ending this missionary journey, which is essentially what's happening as he's heading back to Jerusalem, right, for the feast. Yes. But he's still, as you pointed out, honey, there's still stops to make along the way, right? It wasn't until he got back to, I'll say, where he originated from, as in where he was serving initially, right? Uh, and and uh, serving initially, I mean, as a Pharisee, mm-hmm. right? Well, he would consider home mm-hmm. that that missionary journey ended, but there were stops that he made along the way home. And when we get to, we're not there yet, but when we get to chapter 19, because he had said, hey, I'll... Lord willing, I'll come back. God willing, I'm, I'm coming back to you. Well, when he went to Ephesus, he stayed there for three years. Well, he had just been on this missionary journey for, well, he stayed in Corinth for, what, a year and a half. So, so that's, he's been gone a considerable amount of time. But in all things, right, what did Paul do? He let the Lord guide him, lead him through Holy Spirit. He put the not his own will up front, that took a back seat. The things that he wanted or might have desired to do or thought were a good idea, he ran them by the Lord. Said, Lord, I really want to go do this, but the Lord ultimately had the plan that Paul followed. And that's ultimately what Paul wanted to do. And it should be no different for us. Right? But then I, I love this other aspect. And, and I'll so I'll throw this out there and, and I'll open it back up again, right? Uh, it was brought up briefly about how the Lord takes care of every detail. So even in Paul Paul's time there on, on this missionary journey being up, the Lord clearly had raised up not one, but three people. So Apollo now comes onto the scene. Right? That's the first time we read about him, right? Yes. A Jew from a uh, born in Alexandria. Right? Eloquent man, mighty in the scriptures. <laughs> but yet, wait, the first seeds that were sown by Paul in this place with Aquila and Priscilla, those two individuals are now used to help raise up Apollo to so he understands in even greater detail the way of the Lord who God is. So he can also be used mightily in the places where 
he's now sent. So look how God connects, and, and there's no detail that's missed by the Lord. There's no detail that's escaped him. He is planning to account for each and everything. It's a matter of will we hearken to his voice and then do what he is instructing us to do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, jumping back to what you said and maybe earlier, um, maybe three podcasts ago, we were talking about Paul being a tent maker and yes, working with them. And I think you mentioned my love, how the Lord, when they were put out of, um, put out Rome. of Rome, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Aquila and Priscilla, when they were put out of Rome, they met with Paul and Paul fed them spiritually. They helped Paul with his tent making work and, that was the connection that God wanted to make at the time. And the Charles, you were focusing on him working and, you know, just realizing that the working is relevant because God told you to do so, right? The serving in ministry and not working is relevant because God told you to do so. Not because the act in and of itself was going to bring something about one way or the other, but it's being in the obedience and the perfect will of the Lord that makes all the difference. And so, just watching those seeds sown. So, you know, just it blesses me when God is at the helm, when Jesus Christ is at the helm of his mm-hmm. body, he'll make sure everything is in alignment. But when we start trying to jump up and be, be seated in his headship position, then there comes chaos and confusion. Um, I have a, a, a dear, a dear sister in Christ who's gone home to be with the Lord, but she would say anything with more than one head is a monster. And <laughs> meaning when you have, you know, you're supposed to have one head that's Christ, and then you got your head next to him, and then, uh, you know, Jim Bob's head, and, and Susie's head, and, and Malik's head, and everybody else is trying to run his run the business for Christ instead of being run by Christ. There's confusion, and it creates a monster situation. But when we let him do his job, when we let Christ be the head of our life, truly, 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 Everything is where it's supposed to be, and the blessing is made, and God is able to continue his work. But when we start trying to, you know, I know we're seated in heavenly places, but it doesn't say we're seated instead of Christ in heavenly places. We're seated with him in heavenly places. We're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, and we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus, not instead of Christ Jesus. So just getting those little vocabulary issues under control in our mouth and in our mind to perceive what the will of the Lord is and how we flourish in that and function in it. The right function is important. You know, Paul wasn't like, I know everything now, Lord. So I'm going to direct the body. (laughs) I've got it from here. I'm going to crown myself and make myself the leader of this. But no, he yielded to the headship of Jesus Christ. And that's why he kept saying, Christ has the preeminence. He's first in all things. He's the head of the church, which is his body. That's why those things were coming out of him, because the Lord was ministering that to him. Amen. What? Well, very quickly, the Lord was um, talking to me about where Paul had said that he was going to come back to Ephesus. Um, and at the end where it said, Lord willing. Mm-hmm. And the Lord reminded me of, especially in modern um, day culture many people say the prayer they ask the lord for something and they say if it be thy will and how the lord's remind me that there's two differences between um the these two situations 
Um, one is while you're in the midst of praying and saying, if it be thy will, and although if it's in line with what we're saying, like for healing or some, or financial support, if it's in line with the word of God, which we know healing is in there, and then they add, if it be thy will, you're entering into doubt, and then asking the Lord if um, if it's the if the Lord's if it's the Lord's will to heal them, and as a result, you can't clearly see um, what the Lord wants for you. And if you're asking if it be that will, though it's usually a matter of place of humility and um, used to say that practically asking the Lord for His perfect will to be done. When they do that, it means that they don't actually understand what the Lord wants for once for them and as a result they can't clearly allow the lord to move they handicap him right so in one of those accounts one is doubting phil mm-hmm. so, um brother hagan says faith re- faith begins where the will of god is known and he got that from first john that says if we know we ask according to his will or if we ask according to his will we know we have the petitions that we are asking mm-hmm. right so Knowing what the will of God is and then asking based on his will gives us confidence that we receive the answer. So if you don't know what God's will is, you should find it out first versus praying a a prayer of doubt because a doubtful prayer will not receive anything. We got that from James chapter one, right? If you ask and you're not in faith and you are wavering and doubting, you won't receive from the Lord because you're double-minded. But a, a faithful request that faith begins where the will of God is known. We ask according to his will. We know we have the answer. So we ask on based on faith and who God is and what he's already said. It's We know that it's granted. When it manifests is the Lord's business. But what Paul was talking about, um, I'll come back to see you if, if the Lord wills, is I believe it's in James where he was talking about um, that one is not being self-willed. So there's mm-hmm. a difference of a prayer that is done in doubt and not in faith. It says, if it be your will, that's a doubtful prayer. That's nothing. It's not going to be answered. But there's a difference between um, positioning yourself not to be self-willed and where you go and what you do, which is what um, Peter, I mean, Paul, the apostle Paul was talking about. And I believe it's James who references that. Don't say that you're going to go here and go there, buy and sell. That's that's James chapter four. Okay, well, read it to me, darling. Um, don't don't be self willed in how you are going to walk out your everyday life, but rather yield to the perfect will of the Father, so that He is able to minister to you. Because in being self willed, you're being presumptuous and arrogant. But when you are humble, God will direct your path. Go ahead, Layla. Uh, James chapter four verses thirteen and seven. 7- through 17 says come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city spend a year there buy and sell and make a profit whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow for what is your life it is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away instead you ought to say if the lord wills we shall live and do this or that but now you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil right exactly amen thank you for reading that um 
And then the last verse is, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it to him, it is sin. That's very interesting. But it reminds me of the rich man who said, I'm going to build barns. I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to take my ease, right? I'm going to pull this barn down and build another one that's bigger. And then I'm going to take my ease. And the Lord said, you fool, you did not know that tonight your life would be required of you. And that person's soul perished and fell into hell. So being self-willed and going, I'm going to do this versus being submitted and God-willed is two different things, right? We are supposed to be God-willed and then we are supposed to yield faithful prayers. Faith yes. prayers that are confident in the goodness of the Lord, confidence in the power of God, confidence in what God has already said, those will be effective. Amen. So let's put the Lord first. Let's ask him what his will is if we don't, if he hasn't already revealed it or mm-hmm. we, we haven't or didn't hear it when he said it the first time. Search the scriptures. And mm-hmm. thank God we have scriptures available to us at the ready. So search the scriptures daily to find out what he has said. And there are, there are parts of his will that are foundational, as in it's always his will for salvation. It's always his will for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's always his will mm-hmm. for healing. It's always his will to provide for you. It's always his will to help you and deliver you and for your household to be saved and for you to be blessed and for you to follow his plan. That's always his will. You never have to question that. And as far as it goes concerning my day by day carrying it out, Do I work this job or that job? Is this my husband or no? What shall I name my children? What school should they go to? Where do I do my banking? Those kind of things. Ask Holy Spirit what his will is to reveal it to you. Amen. Amen. With that, let's pause there for today. And can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we thank you for today, and we thank you that your will can be made known to each and every one of us, Lord, through your Holy Spirit and through your written word. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness and your commitment that you show to each and every one of us, Lord, that you have given us the Holy Spirit who guides us into all truth and shows us things to come, Lord. We thank you for our partners and our listeners. We thank you that they're growing and becoming spiritual giants and becoming warriors in you lord and they mm-hmm. wage the good warfare of faith god and they finish their course with strength and with honor and dignity god and we just celebrate before you that we have the victory in your name lord jesus so we just thank mm-hmm. you for those things in jesus all-powerful name amen in jesus amen. name amen amen well we love you god bless you have a wonderful day Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.